kidding. I'm making fun of you. <laughs> no one forgets Mother's Day because everyone has a mother. Right? And so we remember Mother's Day. And something shocking happened last Sunday. I wasn't really prepared for it. At the end, uh, Pastor Tim did the invitation. And it, I don't know, the amount of, of uh, pain that moms carry. Uh, you know, us men, we try to deny that stuff's there. We try to ignore it. But uh, you guys are much more in touch with the the pain and the struggle. And I, and I saw something that is that everyone struggles with this, not just moms, okay? Everyone struggles with shame. Embarrassment. You know, I asked the Lord this week, I was praying, and I don't know why, this is the stone that uh, Camille made us for Easter, right? And it was the stone that was put over Jesus' tomb. And the stone was put there to keep people out because the government thought that the Jews, the Christians, the Jews thought the Christians were going to steal Jesus' body and lie and deceive them. And so they put the stone there and they put guards on it and it was to keep Jesus out. And then the Lord, when I was praying about that, He said, listen, now Jesus, they couldn't stop Him from rising, but there's something that we're all in a tomb sometimes. And this stone now, here's what happens. It's what keeps us in. This is the stone that keeps us from being who God has called us to be. And I looked at it and I'm like, God, why haven't I taken that thing away? It's, we're not doing Easter anymore, but every week I'm like, God, should I move that? And God, I just don't feel like I'm supposed to. And then God said, it's shame. Do you know that shame affects every one of us? You know what shame is, right? Were any of you embarrassed that somebody might be looking at you during worship this morning? Did any of you get stuck looking in the mirror, dressing up to get out today? Did any, yeah, besides Tim, did anybody last week, whenever we, we opened the door, because men and women deal with shame differently, you know, we like to call it embarrassment because it's not near as bad if we're embarrassed, you know, uh, it's shame. Men deal with it differently. Uh, men tend to get aggressive when we feel shame. We tend to, to push people away and to fight. It's like we become violent, actually. I remember, uh, you see, I'm real familiar with shame. I wouldn't admit I was, but I am. You know, I was worshiping this morning and fighting that same, those thoughts like, uh, I'm singing too loud. People are going to hear my off-key voice. I know I'm clapping off-beat. I've gotten unique rhythms in me. You guys just are way behind. I'm just telling you. And I know. You ever been clapping and you know you just hit off half a beat? You know it. And I'm like, well, I've got to not be so loud. And then I'm singing and I, got, I started the word before anybody else did. Was I the only one in the room that did that? Okay, this whole second row. That was my problem. Y'all were standing right behind me. It's embarrassing. It's shame. And you know what men do when we, are, when we feel shame? We tend, you see, shame is so real in our world. It's so real. Every single human deals with it. And you know what? It's funny. 
Because we're talking about Jesus being the bread of life. We've been talking about Luke 15. And I want to get off that today a little bit. Uh, here's a great verse. 1 John 3.20 Whenever our hearts make us feel guilty and remind us of our failures. And that was some of the hurt last week as we were praying for moms. Because moms are more in touch with that feeling. You see, men, we'll, we'll push back. We'll get aggressive. You know, we'll get loud. When, when we begin to feel that feeling, that there's something wrong with me, that I'm not good enough, that I'm less than, we'll get aggressive, we'll shut it down, we'll get violent. I remember, and I haven't told, uh, a lot of you know this already, but uh, I wrote a book, and it has this really cute title, that I dealt with every day. That, you know, that feeling like, what's wrong with me? I'm not like everybody else. I can't do the things some of my peers can do. And so I wrote a book. What's wrong with me? I never thought about it, but that's shame. It's shame. And you know what I did in this book? I tell the truth in the book. It's really hard to be vulnerable right but I tell the truth in the book in the book um, when I was little every time I'd feel like I was different or not as good as or less than or just that feeling you know I told y'all once I remember reading a book title um, and y'all don't know it and I really not ashamed of it and I'm not ashamed of admitting it. It's funny how shame works. Shame will shame you for being who you are. And then shame will shame you for being who you are. That's not what I'm trying to say. Um, okay, it's like this. Uh, I, and you all know this. I, I'll say it now. I didn't even know I was hiding it my whole life. But I'm, I'm, uh, have Asperger's, they say. I'm autistic. I'm on, the, I'm on the spectrum, which is really like it's a cool thing now. It wasn't cool when I was young. It wasn't cool. I had a great nickname in elementary school. It was great. And I would hit you flat out in the face. And then you'd beat me up because I was so weak and little. But if you called me my nickname, there was an instant violence. Because it hurt me when somebody called me Gooford. That was my nickname. What a dumb nickname. You'd think they could come up with something better than that. Gooford. And then I'd get beat up. <laughs> More than once. It happened a lot. I think the principal got tired of, like, you know, wiping the blood off my face. I remember one time four boys beat me up. At, and I mean, I'm in third grade. Who gets beat up in third grade? But. One of the kids made fun of me. He teased me because I had big, thick glasses or I couldn't run like everybody else and I couldn't talk right. And uh, those boys, I got so mad, of course, I just attacked them. And they took me and they beat, they hit my head against the concrete steps going into the elementary school and chipped my two front teeth. I was amazed they didn't knock them out. You know, it's like I had to go home and I got this big V in my teeth. And I'm like, I don't know how it happened. <laughs> right? Have you ever felt that pain of being different, of being looked at, being judged? And you know, we get judged by the world, but you know who the worst judges are? It's, it's us. And so, when our hearts make us feel guilty and remind us of our failures, 
That's where shame is. And I just wanted to talk about that today because I felt such compassion. And I know, men, you're not supposed to do this, and we're not even supposed to admit it. Like, we're not going to admit that we don't worship the way we really want to because we're worried about what people will shame us, make fun of us, look at us like we're weird. Listen, there's... And so I, don't, I was about to say here, listen, you are weird, so why do you worry about it? That's, it doesn't help any, does it? I can make all kinds of fun of you because I've been there for so long. I've got over it. And so like I used to hide. Now I get, that's what I was trying to say. It's so funny to me. I learned how to hide my autistic behaviors so nobody would see them. But then when I finally get free enough not to do that anymore, now I get shamed for saying I'm autistic. I'm like, what? You can't win in the world, can you? Because you're always going to be different. People always are not going to understand us. But I want to tell you, there's no logical way out of shame. There's no logical way out of it. But I believe this. Here's why shame hurts so bad, because you and I were created for relationship, for family. That's why Jesus created us. And the most painful thing any of us have is rejection, being alone. It kills us. You'll never prosper, you'll never thrive as a human being alone. And it's the most damaging thing. And you know what shame does? Shame is the number one enemy of relationship. Because I'm afraid that if you get to know me, you won't like me. And that hurts. And so you know what men do? I asked uh, Dwayne this morning, I said, what do men do with shame? And he said it perfectly, and it's true. You know what men do? We separate. We keep walls up. We don't let anybody get close enough to really know us because we believe if they really know us, they will reject us. And so we live in this shallow world where nobody really knows us. Nobody gets to see our hearts. Nobody gets to see our insufficiency or our lack or what we think is an insufficiency or lack. And shame is like that. It really is the number one enemy of relationship. Do you know what's your number one enemy of relationship with your father? Shame. And uh, I felt so bad about that. You know, it's funny. Uh, I didn't get together with the worship team this morning to pick the songs. But uh, as we're singing, I'm like, isn't that weird? I would sing this song to y'all, but I know I can't get the rhythms or the tune right, and I'm embarrassed to do it, so I'm not going to sing it. Lay your burdens down. Ooh, I think I don't want shame to control me anymore. Do you? Do you want to be controlled one more second by shame? Shame hurts. Lay your burdens down here in the Father's house. Check your shame at the door. It ain't welcome anymore. That's our first song we sang today, and the whole song's about shame. And I thought, you know, uh, the truth is, checking your shame at the door is what men do. That's really the opposite of what you need to do. Bring your shame to Him. There's only one way out. Now, I, I, uh, I listened to a little bit of it, and it's a little over my head. 
there's a shame expert in the United States currently right now, a lady named, is it Brene Brown or Renee Brown? Brene? Yeah, Brene Brown. Very intelligent lady, psychologist, all this stuff, and a big speaker. She's done a TED Talk called Vulnerability, and uh, it's a powerful TED Talk about shame. And she found out that it's the number one thing we all deal with. And she spent 10 years of her life studying that all across the world. And it's everybody's infected with it. We deal with it differently, but we all have it. And then she gives us some really good clues of how to get out of it. And uh, I think she's right in a lot of it. Here's what that verse says in John 3.20. He gives, he gives uh, the beginnings of how to get out. Like, how do you get out of shame? It wasn't, I know we pray and it's all Jesus. But there is a way in Scripture that if we follow this, these, this journey with the Lord, we will get out of it. So 1 John 3.20, it says, When our hearts make us feel guilty and remind us of our failures... We know that God is much greater and more merciful than our conscience, and He knows everything there is to know about us. My delightfully loved friends, when our hearts don't condemn us, we have a bold freedom to speak face-to-face -face with God. And whatever we ask of Him, we receive because we keep His commands. And by our beautiful intentions, we continue to do what brings pleasure to Him. Now listen, that'll give you a lot of shame. So you're supposed to leave your shame at the door because if you're a good Christian, you're not going to have shame. And if you read this wrong, you can pick that up. And, you, and one of the reasons I have so much shame is because I'm not obeying His commands. I know my failures. I know my weaknesses. I know, my, I know them all. And all of a sudden, the very thing, the, very, the Scripture that leads us to freedom from shame actually puts more shame on us. But I want to tell you, there's a secret here. There's a, there's a revelation from God here. And it says, when our hearts don't condemn us, then we're free. And, this, and the key, the, there's a hint here. We speak face to face with God. See, maybe you and I were taught that we should be ashamed of ourselves and God can't even look on our faces. Because He knows us, everything about us. He knows every insecurity. He knows every weakness, every lack, every bondage, everything that's ever happened in our lives. He knows it. And then we take and we interpret Scripture and we say, well, He commands me to love. He commands me to give. He commands me to live righteously. He gives all these commands and I can't keep them. And because at 24, He gives us the... the so 23, so these are His commands, that we continually place our trust in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and we keep loving one another just as He has commanded us. I can't do that either. For all who obey His commands find their lives joined in union with Him. And He lives and He flourishes in them. And we know and have proof that He constantly lives and flourishes in us by the Spirit He's given us. You know, we read this backwards. That word command there, it's the Greek word entole, which is really a, an interesting word. I wrote it down. Where is it? Dun, 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 dun. 
I have to find it because I can't remember the exact definition. Ah, there it is. In tole, that word for command, and it's, it's a difference, a Hebrew word in the Old Testament, both of those words, that word implies, it actually is a command that you're given from somebody in authority, and they pass on their authority to you. Like in English, we would say, like Paul said, we are ambassadors for Christ. If you're an ambassador for the United States of America, when you're in that country representing the United States of America, you're just you, but you have the entire United States backing you up. That's a little different. What happens with this, what happens with God, is whenever God gives you a commandment, He also gives you the dunamis, the supernatural power of God to accomplish what He's commanded you to do. He's given, it's a commandment with authority. It's a five-star general commanding a private to do something and backing that man up. You see, our commandments, we've taken them as you do the commandments and then you please God. And we don't have a comprehension that the commandments are a direct communication from the most powerful being in the universe. That It's, it's like this. Um, I go, me and Camille, go downtown and we pull up at the Ford dealership and I see one of those brand new F-350s with everything on it you know they're like I don't even know they're a hundred and something thousand dollars and we pull up and I, I see this really nice uh, silver one and I'm like that'll do Camille go get me that truck <laughs> and she walks in her 15 year old self <laughs> and they, she can't get anybody to wait on her and finally somebody comes to wait on her and uh, she says, well, I want that truck right there. And they're like, okay. And then they said, well, how are you going to pay for it? She's like, well, I don't know. I don't have any money. Well, I mean, she does have money. She has like $300. That's quite a bit. Won't even buy a tire. You know what? That's not God's commands. God's commands are, I say, Camille, I want that truck, and I hand her $200,000 and send her in to get it. And she goes in with the power to do what I've asked her to do. You see, that's commands from God. He, through that direct contact with him, when you have that direct contact with him and he gives you something, then he empowers you to accomplish what he gave you. You see, it's a revelation of your relationship with God. That's what it is. It's, it's not what we say it is. We say it, it's not a reflection upon what she, who she is that at all. It's a reflection on do I give her the resources to accomplish what I've asked her to do. And when God gives us a commandment, he gives us the resources to accomplishment. You know, you've heard people say that cute saying, God's will is God's bill. It really is. And it's more than that. And so I think it's thing. You see, we were created for this relationship. Command only happens with connection. The, a God's commandment is with connection with the God of the universe. And we turn that into a law or into something that's disconnected from God. And that's not what he means at all. Deuteronomy happens with connection. 
It's God's power, God's abilities, God can do inside of you and inside of me. And so that's a beautiful thing. And so here's what Jesus said. Do you know this is true? And we're going to get to the foundation of this because shame is such, such a powerful thing. If we're created for relationship and shame is the enemy of relationship, it destroys the opportunity because we're afraid if we be ourselves, we're going to get rejected. Because shame happens. Here's the definition of shame. I like this one. Shame happens when I believe there is something about me. If people knew, it would make me unworthy of relationship. Like you wouldn't want to be in family with me. You wouldn't want be connected to me if you knew this about me that's what shame is guilt says I did something wrong and I'm going to show you this in scripture because I think the foundation I'll say something crazy right now and y'all can think about it I think the foundation of religion that we've grown up in the environment of begins with the foundation of shame that there's something wrong with you. No wonder we deal with shame. No wonder we have so such splintered relationships in the church and in society because we start from that foundation of there's something wrong with you. And we say that's why you need Jesus. I say you need Jesus just like with, if Camille goes with me to the car dealership, there's nothing wrong with her. She just doesn't have the money to buy the truck. She's not bad. She just can't. Guys, listen, you can try to live the best life you can on earth and you can do anything and accomplish anything you want to and you still can't replace Jesus Christ in your life. You will not be happy without Him. He, you won't experience the life He's created for you living without Him. You need Jesus. And that's the truth. But we're taught something else based on shame. And I want to show you what that looks like. Shame sa Guilt says this, I did something wrong. Okay? Uh, a lot of the, the pain that we feel... And that a lot of you, the girls, you, you ladies have a much uh, more in tune with that than us guys because we just throw up that wall. We don't want anything to do with it. But you do, and you feel guilt over things you've done. You feel, feel guilt over things you haven't done. You, you feel guilt over things that people think you haven't done or you have done that you actually didn't do or did do. Like, you feel guilt when you look in a mirror. You feel guilt when you go out into the streets. You feel guilt when you listen to the radio. You feel guilt when you read the Scripture. It's a, like guilt, guilt, guilt. Because the truth is, there are lots of things we don't do or that we do wrong. We make lots of mistakes. But guilt says, I did something wrong. True. It's true. You know what shame does? I am something wrong. That's what shame says. Shame says you are what you did or you didn't do. And that's not the Lord. He sees you as different 
He sees one thing in your life, and that's your connection to him. It's interesting he said this in John 6. I'm the bread of life. I'm everything. I'm, I'm the source of life. My body, which was broken for you, right? My blood, which is shed for you. I am the source of life. Come every day to me, and you will never be hungry. Believe in me, and you'll never be thirsty. He's talking about a relationship with him. He's not talking about a list of do's and don'ts. It's not what he's talking about. He didn't say, I'm the bread of life. Go do, this, do what you're supposed to be doing. Go do my commandments. And then they asked him, what's the greatest commandment? To love me. And to love your neighbors the way you love yourself. It's like, we don't mind singing, you're beautiful. And we sing it over and over and over and we mean it. I really mean it, y'all mean it. You're beautiful, you're beautiful. How about, okay, are you beautiful? Because God said your first commandment is to love Him. You're beautiful. Your second commandment is to love your neighbors and tell them they're beautiful the same way you tell yourself you're beautiful. You see, we don't sing songs about how beautiful we are. We could all make a long list of how beautiful we're not. And if you're a man, you fight and you avoid that as much as you can. If you're a woman, you do everything you can to become that, you know, become that person you're not. To hide the person you are. You see, we have to come to the place. God wants to bring us to that place where we know we're beautiful. The same as we know He's beautiful. And then when you know you're beautiful and you know He's beautiful, guess what? Everybody else will become beautiful too. And it will tear down the wall of separation in our lives. Prejudice, bigotry, all those things disappear when we see how beautiful we are. We were created for relationship. Shame happens when I believe there's something about me. Right? Guilt says I did something wrong, and we do. Shame says I am something wrong. Think of that thing we used to say to kids. You should be ashamed of yourself, young lady. You just said what the enemy wants you to hear he wants you to hear that you're what's wrong you're what's wrong and guys our christianity was built on the fact that we believe that we're what's wrong i want you to think about that and because i'm going to show you i'm trying to convince you that's not true i'll just flat out be honest about it and i'm going to show you in scripture and then you get to decide but I want to tell you, you'll be a whole lot happier with yourself when you see yourself the same way God sees you than when you see yourself the way the media sees you or the society sees you or the culture. You'll be way happier. It's not about me. When we don't feel like we measure up, that's shame. When we have that thought, I'm messed up, I'm the problem, that's shame. You know those words, I'm not good enough? I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not spiritual enough. You know, really, when you think about this, it's, it's whatever people value, whatever the culture values, that's what I'm not. I'm not that. And I can't be the only one that deals with this daily. 
I mean, obviously this is a Sunday morning and I, I get to speak. I have to speak. I don't have to. I get to speak. And uh, I don't think I'm a good speaker. Thank <laughs> hey, I know you do. That's why I pay you for coming. <laughs> it's, it's like when I go to a restaurant, that waiters, they love me. I tip 30 or 40% and they love me. And I'm like, you're my best friend. Don't tell me that they are because I'm paying them. That's not true. It's just I happen to pay them and they love me. No. Guys, we deal with it. It's just true. It's just flat out true. And it's okay. But you know, when we agree with what those voices say in our head, that's where we get in trouble. That's where we get separated from God. And so that's the thing. I don't fit in. And if I get close to you, this is really true. It's what Dwayne said this morning when I asked him how does shame affect men. He said, he said this, you'll learn my secret. You know my secret about who I am, the one I cover up, the one I change. You'll figure it out. And then you won't want to be my friend. And so I can't let you get too close. I have to stay far away from you. So shame is what we're going to, because fear, what does fear of rejection do to us if we actually admit we have it? Like, I don't know why we're all embarrassed about what we do in worship or how we're dressed today or whatever's going on in our life. What does it do? Well, the fear of rejection is a big deal. It is so powerful, it puts us into the fight, which is the way men deal with it usually. We get aggressive, we get loud, we get forceful, we start becoming boastful. We want to make sure you know that I am the man. And our tone, voice changes. It puts us into the fight mode. Or it puts us into the freeze mode. And we we do that. I just freeze. I don't do anything. I won't bring my part. I won't give my opinion. I won't try to do something. I'll just freeze. You know, in our world today, uh, a lot of people get, I'll just, I'll just get the video controller out and I'll sit by myself in front of a screen and the whole, there's, I'm all alone and I just sit there and play this mindless game for 20 hours a week. Every night, every day, I would stay right here. And we, in, we isolate ourselves from humanity and we freeze. And you know what? It costs the world. It costs the world. I, I don't, so many young people are, are just frozen, which means they're not producing. They're not being productive citizens of society. They're not giving their part. And so we don't have their part. And it's, it's, not, it's an epidemic in our culture how many young people are just staying at home, not getting jobs, not inventing things, not creating things, not doing, building for the future. It's just real because freezing is really a big part of that. And then uh, the other thing is we freeze when those accusations we hear in our heads, when we agree with them. You know, they're not going to listen to you if you talk. No, they're not. I don't have anything worth saying. 
they're going to make fun of you when you walk out of the room. So you shouldn't even go. Yeah, I'm not going. You know, we start listening to those things and we freeze. Now, that lady, Brene Brown, uh, she is the expert. So if you want to learn the details and the, all of the psychology behind shame, she is really good. And you can go listen to her on YouTube. You can find her on her TED Talk. It was like one of the most listened to TED Talks ever, which is really interesting to me. I listened to it. And I was more confused after I finished listening than I was before. But I think most people get it. She talks fast like some of you younger people do. And then she gave a solution for shame, which I thought was really interesting because it's a biblical solution. And I, that's what I want to take you guys into next week. But uh, here's her solution for shame. Vulnerability. Wait, I feel shame, so I am not going to allow you to see who I really am. So how can I be vulnerable? I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to be vulnerable in front of you guys. And y'all paid me to be vulnerable and I don't like it. Y'all don't, y'all, I don't want to tell you guys that. I mean, this book, uh, listen, don't read the book because it tells secrets that you'll either, I don't know, I'm worried that you'll think I'm lying and make fun of me. Isn't that the worst thing in the world? Who cares what y'all think? I, I mean, I do care what you think, but I don't, right? Uh, so the book, to me, is vulnerable. Also, I get rich if y'all buy a, like a million copies. Not true, not true. Uh, I wrote this book because I want to give people hope. People that are like me. People that aren't perfect. People that struggle. People that never get past the struggle. I told y'all the other day, this will bring tears to my eyes when I think about it. The other day, my dad, you know, lives next door to me. He's 91 this summer. And uh, I try to talk to him pretty often. And uh, I go over and I'm talking to him. And uh, we're talking. And we're sitting in his little camper. He doesn't go camping, but he's got a camper sitting there. Sometimes we'll sit inside the camper, you know. And we, we're sitting inside the camper. He goes, why don't you look me in the eye? And it was like a knife sticking in my heart because he said that to me, trying to help me improve and be a better business person and stuff. He said that to me my whole life. And uh, that's shame, right? Well, with, that's one thing. Autistic people don't like to look people in the eye. And so it's, it's uncomfortable for me to look people in the eye. And so I usually won't. Unless I make myself do it, and I can, I can make myself do it, but I don't like to do it. Plus, y'all aren't that pretty, so it's really not that pleasant for me to look you in the eye. <laughs> you know, it's like, or I notice you're making, you look, you make these funny faces when I'm talking that you don't, what is he trying to say? You're working so hard trying to understand what I'm saying, and then that makes me feel stupid. So now, God, right? It's just like, it's like an avalanche that just goes on. Guys, we all do it. And you know what God created us? He'll anoint our authentic self. She's right. When we become vulnerable, then we invite our, our, who we are to have an encounter with God. And he can't have an encounter with who you want to be or who you think you're supposed to be. He can only encounter you. So that's why I don't like that statement, leave your shame at the door. No, bring it in with you. If that's who you are, bring it. 
Now, Jesus wants to set us all free from shame, but I want to tell you, if you don't bring it in, if you leave it at the door, you'll pick it up when you leave. You need Jesus. I mean, you're pitiful. You really are. You really need. We're all pitiful. We're all weak without Him. We're all unable to be victorious without Him. None of us can heal the sick without Him. None of us can free the captives without Him. We can't do it. You can't be the beautiful person God's created you to be, only you, unless you unveil yourself and become vulnerable. So Brene Brown's right. Then she said, we have to believe we're worthy. What if your foundation of your belief system is based on being unworthy? Then how can you ever be worthy? Well, I'm going to tell you, Jesus thought you were worthy because he died for you. That's how worthy he thought you were. And then we tell ourselves, we tell other people, we have to be unworthy and become scum and dirt. And and no. You have to, Brandon Brown says, here's what I found with people that got out of shame. They become vulnerable and they believe they're worth something. They believe they are. And the third thing it takes is courage. It takes courage to get free from shame. And Jesus gives us courage. So I want to go into that because here's what we have to answer this question. If shame is so debilitating, and it is, embarrassment is horrible. I've known, I've had personal friends who died rather than be embarrassed, like physically died. Isn't that something? It's usually men. <laughs> men, it, it happens more than you think. They're embarrassed. They, they'll die before they'll deal with it. But I'll tell you, what's the first step? We need to find out where shame comes from. I agree, vulnerability, the things Bernice Brown says are right. And I can see them in Scripture. But I want to do is I want us to find out where does shame come from? And we're going to look at that. But I want you to know Jesus is the answer. He said that. Come to me every day. Yeah, but I don't want to look needy. I don't want to look weak. Well, you might as well look weak because you are. So am I. I need Jesus every day. You need him every day. Not just sometime. He is the bread. He said, my body was broken for you. My blood was shed for you. We need him. So this week, if you're dealing with shame... And we all are. Of course, us men, we can't ever admit that we're weak. You know, it's our worst nightmare to admit you can't do something. But I want to tell you, there's a place to find, and it's going to begin here. We have to identify where shame came from. And then once we know where it comes from, God can show us how to walk out of it. And it's not like that. Shame will have a thousand roots inside of our hearts. And Jesus can set us free. And then one day, we'll be able to stand up and say, I'm beautiful too. And you're beautiful too. And you're beautiful. And you're beautiful. He's beautiful. And we'll mean it. And we won't have to hide who we are anymore. 
it's okay if you don't look me in the eye. It's okay if you're shy. It's okay if you're bold. It's okay. You know, we live in a world where, where shame is such a big deal. And I think that that's an intentional thing from the Lord. He's wanting to set us all free from shame. He's getting us ready for this amazing revelation. So guys, I want to convince you that you're not bad. That you're worthy. And that with Jesus, you can do anything. And so God's, we're going to look at that next week. I knew I wouldn't get to do it today. Um, I hate that. You know, are y'all ever embarrassed that you're a little slower than most people? You're not, probably. I can get embarrassed about that. I'm slow. It'll take me a while to get through this. I convince myself it's because of how slow y'all are. And that makes me feel better. <laughs> Truth is, I'd be slow without you or with you. I'm still slow. Uh, I'm slow. That's okay. Uh, my mom loves me. Of course, she's not here anymore. I can't prove it. <laughs> she's in heaven. Oh, my sister's not here today either. You could ask my little sister. She's usually here. My mom loves me. She thought I was wonderful. Actually, she didn't think I was wonderful. My granny thought I was wonderful. So that was good. So let's all stand up. We, uh, what a deal. I wanted to get all the way through this because I really had compassion for the pain I felt in the room last week. I could feel the pain, the pain of the pressure that we put on moms to be whatever picture we have of them. And Jesus wants to tell you something. Who you are is good. You're good. And Jesus wants to help you. You got a word? Yes. Dwayne, come on up. So I really dislike standing up in front of people speaking, but I'm going out on something instead of going home with guilt. When Pastor Tim asked us to pray and have a word from the Holy Spirit, first thing I heard was, be kind to yourself. And then Pastor Allen started talking about shame stuff and guilt. It was like I heard the Holy Spirit say, share it because others need to hear it. You have to talk loud because I'm hard of hearing. Oh, okay. I'm slow so, and hard of hearing, and I got right. a bad So leg. be kind to yourself. The Holy Spirit said to be kind to yourself. Amen. Just okay. do it, and don't, don't be afraid with that. Be kind to yourself first, and you'll be surprised how it gets shared with others. Come on. Good word, Dwayne. Okay. So what's that look like for you today? Some of us... We're, we are our worst critics. What, what did that say? When our hearts condemn us. I'm like, oh, that's the truth. My heart condemns me. And I think what Dwayne's saying is true. Let's be kind to ourselves. How you do that? Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Begin there. And then you'll see everything in your life changing. So let's pray. And uh, we have prayer teams up here. This would be a great day to get prayed for physical healing because they're excited. They've, we've seen so many physical healings last day, two days. They also want to pray with you about what's going on in your life. Okay. So Jesus, we do. We thank you. 
And God, we do. We believe you're wonderful. You're beautiful. And God, help us to believe that you created us wonderful. You made us beautiful. Holy Spirit, right now, would you show each of us any place in our hearts where we're not being kind to ourselves? Where are we judging ourselves, God? Let the Lord show you any place in your heart where you haven't forgiven yourself, where you've let yourself down, where you haven't met your own standards, where you haven't been good enough in your life. Now, Jesus, would you speak to each one of us right now? Lord, what, what do you think about those things that we're thinking of right now? God, what do you think of our inadequacies? Lord, what do you think of our failures? God, what do you think of our shortcomings? What do you think of our inabilities? Is the Lord telling you you're okay? Because that's what he thinks. So Jesus, I just ask this week that you'd begin to plow that ground in our hearts that needs to be turned over, that needs to be broken. God, we'd like to become an oasis of a place where people can be set free from shame. God, we want to be set free and become and be everything that's in your heart. So Jesus, I just ask you to come right now. God, I thank you for peace. Thank you for rest. Thank you for your plans, for your heart. So thank you for uh, worshiping with us today. The prayer teams are up front. They would love to pray for you. And uh, you guys have a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you.